Look at them, madame. Have you ever in your entire life seen anything so beautiful? I'm sorry, I don't know anything about stamps. Oh. This is the gentle art of philately, otherwise known as stamp collecting. Here's a pile of stamps carefully culled from swap meets and garage sales. Rupert, what are you thinking of? Oh, I was just thinking of all the years I've wasted collecting stamps. Oh, like stamp collecting. Now, that's all right. That's quite a nice hobby, that. Yes, but it's not enough. Don't you understand? I'm lonely. I'm so terribly lonely. All right, Homer. You beat those stamp Nazis with good old-fashioned American complaining. Oh, if it weren't for you, we'd be at the mercy of weekend philatelists. You know, why didn't you just say stamp collectors? Because I'm tired of dumbing myself down for you. From Spain and two from Japan I got a couple from Israel and Azerbaijan I got a plenty from Poland but none from Sudan Or from Fiji or Uzbekistan Stamp collecting happens when we dream together <laughs> Live from Area 51 This is the award-winning Stamp Show here today, episode number 310 Brought to you by the Southern Nevada Philatelic Research Center a nonprofit 501c3 corporation for the advancement of philately. This is Cash. This is Mark. This is Albert. This is Becca. And we get email, so summon the answer squad. When I first began collecting and researching on a dedicated basis in pursuit of treasure, I encountered a collector and lifetime member of an American expertizing organization who was mentoring me on some very important fundamentals and nuances to the hobby. Among these, one which was disregarded due to the unbelievability of it at the time, I was told that no matter how rare of a stamp I ever find, I will likely never manage to get a good certificate for it, and for this reason, it was recommended that I do not continue to pursue treasure. Which is, that's, that's BS. Okay. It took years of interactions to slowly find it more and more difficult to reject that notion. If I were ever demonstrably, if it were ever demonstrably true, then this would be a matter that the public eye would need to capture. I hope that only a bad string of personal experiences have allowed that idea to seem possible and that there is no truth to it. In all fairness to us, the public, and the expertizing organizations, it should be understood that this inquiry was specifically and carefully designed to detect and reveal potential fraudulent conduct against the public. So I guess this guy is sending this email as a fact-finding mission, uh, a sort of undercover guy. In an inquiry at the beginning of communications, the response promptly fulfilled the request, and also a follow-up question, I believe, was answered immediately. The last inquiry, a month or two back, with the same selection as this, and the same request for specific information, was tactfully disregarded seven or eight times in a row with the same question repeated each time by us. This time so far, there is no response at all. We won't draw any conclusions before phoning in. We understand you guys can be very busy 
and we are patient. We just wanted to make our intent clear, and it all stems back to experienced advice, which we hope turns out to be a joke or fallacy. Similar concerns have been voiced by other collectors as well in the past. However, this is a rare occasion where the public is capable of establishing the truth of matters without the ambiguity. No disrespect is intended to anyone. Thank you for understanding how important this is to us and the community at large. Regards. Yeah, and it says regards, and it doesn't give a person's name, so I'm not sure who was sending this. But, uh, you know, if you find rare stamps, believe me that the expertizing service wants to give you the certificate for the rare stamp. Because... We charge a whole lot of money for really expensive stamps. So us not certifying it literally is us saying, no, we don't want more money. We don't get the stamp, right? So it's a rare stamp. We don't hold stamps. So it's not like more of these entering the market uh, drives down the value. We are just literally saying, no, I don't want your money. And that's just wrong that's stupid that's untrue hmm. so i'm not sure where this guy is coming from yeah so, so please explain to the listeners what stamps we're talking about well okay so i didn't know when i first read this and i didn't know that i by the writing of this i'm guessing that us here at pse we got this email i'm guessing that the people at the pf got this email i'm i'm guessing that the people at APS and PSAG also got the email. So I'm not sure who's not responding. I respond to all the emails, but I know a lot of the uh, other people go, hey, I haven't got time for this. And they sort of blow, they don't blow it off. But if it isn't asking a specific question, then we don't know what to say. Yeah, I, I, I don't understand if there's a specific question in here or not. Well, he, he, basically, he's just saying that expert committees, us, the PF, PSAG, APS, we don't certify expensive stamps that are found because we are all a member of some cabal that wants to make sure that rare stamps stay rare. I think that's kind of what he's saying. Hmm. I, I'm not sure how to take that. I think that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard since I've been involved in a number of very important discoveries over my life. And uh, and uh, um, and you bring experience. You work for PSE and the PF. Correct. So this isn't like one company. This is two companies. And then, of course, the APS does their thing. That's a third company. And PSAG. PSAG was a spinoff from PSE. All four of us work together. And, you know, I can guarantee you that we don't all sit down at a meeting, you know, underneath some glowing globe and say, ah, we're going to make sure that no new stamps hit the market. I mean, that's exactly the opposite of what we do. We like finding new stuff. Yeah, new discoveries happen all the time, and they're even touted in the pages of, of Linz and uh, other uh, publications. And the expertising companies actually compete to try to get these because, you know, new uh, 482A found certified by, and then whoever certified it, and we certify some of these stamps for free so that we get into the magazines. 
you know, certified by PSE or certified by whoever. And so this is, it, it didn't make a lot of sense to me. So I wrote him back and I said, uh, huh? I, what, you know, you said I didn't respond to some emails, not really getting the gist of what you're talking about other than saying that, you know, there's some conspiracy going on. Can you please give me some information? So he sent me this, uh, and again, I'm sorry, he or she, or whatever they identify as, sent me this response. To simplify everything with a clean slate, let us begin again. I hope the image will be attached here. It has been sent twice before this. Not sure if it's being received or if the image is too large. All we are requesting, if it is possible, to know only the specific information about the three examples shown is what paper type will be stated on each certificate. All three are hard paper examples. I will cover any charges for this information. Experienced advice suggested that I give up collecting because it was said that even if I have a rare stamp, no committee will give me a good certificate for it as though there is a secret policy defrauding the public. So we came up with a way to observe the integrity of authorities with a selection that is clear to all in requiring blatant contradictions or total disregard of the inquiry to prevent a true rarity from being established. These rumors have come from multiple sources, so being that we have discovered the opportunity to look into this firsthand, it is our responsibility, and the inquiry is being observed publicly on multiple platforms to clear the air once and for all. Thank you. Regards. Regards, and again, no name. Okay, so he did uh, send a picture, and it did turn out to be too big, so I had him send it again. And basically, it's a picture of three stamps, and all three stamps, and again, this is a picture, so it's difficult to expertize a stamp from a picture, but he's correct. All three stamps are hard paper. They're banknotes. Uh, one is a one cent, a three cent, and a five cent banknote. And basically, the certificate would say that they are, you know, whatever the corresponding number is. You know, we don't say whether it's hard paper or soft paper. We, we give the catalog number. So it's, you know, 136. We don't say 136 hard paper with a grill. We just say 136. It sounds like he's thinking, he's thinking that these are all from the... Um, from the stamps that were printed uh, for the 1876 Centennial Exhibition. So they're so-called special printings. And uh, he thinks that they're all special printings. That's what I think, too. So basically, after this second email, I think what he's saying is that if I find a stamp that I think is a special printing, and we're going to get into the special printings. Let's, let's discuss those in just a moment. If I find a stamp that is a special printing and it catalogs $75,000, I cannot get a certificate saying that it's a special printing because it's not a special printing. And that's the part that he's kind of leaving out of the conversation. Yeah, it's not a conspiracy <laughs> if you've misidentified the stamp. <laughs> I, I, can say that, I can say that within the last year, that I was 
I was the first person to sign on a on a stamp that was later later given a certificate as a 180, which is the two cent Carmen Vermilion uh, special printing, and uh, um, there was no question that it was genuine. It was it was it matched all the right criteria for it, but these don't these don't match the criteria just because, for one thing, if you read the catalog, it says very it says while the use of so-called Scott numbers for postage was legal, actual use was almost non-existent. Expertization is strongly rec strongly recommended, and that's true with both the hard paper and the soft papers, banknote special printings. And actually, of the special printings, the ones that are known used were used by Scott. They were canceled in New York, and he did them as a lark. You know, because these special printings didn't have these huge values that he did, so he sent a couple of them, very few, because they were still valuable. You know, it's like paying $10, $10 to send a 55-cent envelope. Well, he's, he People do it. He, the stamps cost him basically double face value at the time. Yeah. So that's what they cost him. So that's what, when they, so when they're mentioned in the catalog, they exist. It's because they were done as philatelic souvenirs. Yeah. And I get that from several people who go, you know, they'll send me a picture. And by the way, people, feel free to send me pictures, casualgradingmatters.com. You know, I look at them and I'll give you an opinion. Saves a hell of a lot of uh, people mailing us stamps uh, that are valueless saying, here. And uh, by the way, I'm going to cover this real quick just to sh show people what we do. If you think, if you are some guy who knows nothing about stamp collecting, but you go on the internet and you see the one cent Franklin stamp is worth $85,000, you send it to PSE for a certificate. We cull those out. We don't process them. You know, we grab them. We charge the guy five bucks because we have a $5 identification fee and we send it back. Otherwise, you know, you have a minimum of $20 on that stamp plus return postage, which we require a signature. So when you get your stamps back from PSE and actually anybody, we all do this. This is nothing unusual. Um, you have to have a signature when you receive it. So it has to be sent basically for kind of an expensive amount. The cheapest we can do is certified mail and that costs four dollars and twenty in just in stamps. So we charge an extra five bucks. It costs us ten bucks to return something certified. So you're you've spent thirty dollars to find out your stamp really isn't a number five ninety six. And if you don't know what a five ninety six is, listen to the prior podcast because we discuss five ninety sixes all the time. This is something that we do. So if people send us bad stamps. We charge them five bucks and return it to them and say, no, this isn't it. Save your money. Stuff like that. So we don't make any money on this stuff. People send us special printings, you know, things that clearly are not what they are. And uh, it's because kind of the way that the Scott catalog lists things, it'll show a picture and then underneath the picture, it'll show you know, the regular stamp, you know, catalog 75 cents. But then it shows it cataloging as a special printing for $100,000. Mm -hmm. 
and it freaks everybody out. And this fellow, it appears that the five cent Zachary Taylor stamp that he sent us a picture of, he thinks is a special printing because of the paper that it was printed on. That's basically what I'm getting from the picture that he sent plus the words. So, and it's also used. So, Albert, why was he wrong? I mean, why wasn't it a special printing? Yeah, why isn't this stamp, why is it very obvious that this is not a special printing? Oh, for one thing, it's used. All these, all the known copies known are unused. And all the copies, special printings by definition were pulled, they pulled only, only a small number of sheets, and they were, they were originally printed for exhibition at the Centennial Exhibition in Philadelphia in 1876. The government had printed, basically made a reproduction of every single stamp from 1847 on. Now, instead of, instead of using the original plates that they, for like Scott 1 and 2, they actually engraved new plates, so they have, they have a Scott number of 3 and 4. Um, but the, uh, the banknote special printings were printed uh, with the same banknote plates as the regular stamps were, but they were printed on they were printed um, they were printed on a much higher quality paper, and most of the time the uh, perforations on the stamps were cut apart with scissors, um, and sometimes the uh, the uh, perforations are mutilated and the design has uh, been damaged by having them being cut cut apart. Uh, they're also distinguished by the uh, the shade of the stamp and by the uh, quality of the paper. But impression, first of all, first and foremost, means everything. And that, the stamps that this gentleman sent us, or this whoever the collector sent us, are, are uh, they're, just, uh, they're just working impressions. They're just, they're regular impressions. They're not the impressions on this, but like, that you would find on the special printing. Yeah, it's kind of humorous because they took all this effort to print them really, really, really well. And then they put them inside these little envelopes. And each issue had its own envelope. And then they skimped out by cutting them apart with scissors to put them in the envelopes instead of just taking the extra couple seconds to actually tear them apart so that they're nice. Well, we know that we know from we know from uh, documentation in the post office department they had lady clerks tearing them apart. So. And hold on, hold on. Are you being sexist here? No, this, this is like we're we're going over line here. No, we're <laughs> not. It's just it's we know that we know that the the clerks, for some of the uh, official special special printings, which all have specimens, uh, they sometimes put the whole set of if this, this a set of sheets might be ten stamps. They put would put all ten stamps, ten sheets together, and literally cut them apart. <laughs> yep. There's a there's several collectors. Um, that uh, have uh, written in the in the in the U.S. Philatelic Classics Chronicle about the fact that you have uh, you have sets of stamps where the, the the cut across the board is uniform. Yeah, you can actually. It wouldn't. Yeah, I guess it's sort of like it's plating. It's plating the cuts of the perforations all the way through. Yeah. So uh, that they paid a lot of attention to printing, and now again. They did pull a bunch of them apart, but I'd say, and correct me if you've seen different, I think probably about a third of them were cut apart with scissors, and two-thirds were torn apart, actually, with hands. 
Do you think that that's about right, or do you think it's more scissor? I think it's more scissor cut. It's the hard paper ones invariably, the Scott number one sixty seven to one seventy seven, invariably are, are and then and then the uh, Scott one eighty one, which is what he suggests. What this person is suggesting is, there are many copies where the cut, where the perforations were obviously cut apart with yeah. the scissors. Yep. So here we have a five cent Zachary Taylor that he's showing the light through, showing the paper, and he's saying the paper is what makes this a special printing. Does the paper make it a special printing? Well, can you tell the difference in paper of the special printings versus the normal? The impression is everything on these stamps, not the paper. It's you can tell that it's hard paper, but there, but then you, you have to tell between the regular issue and the and the special printing, and then it's the impression. And then how we also expertise is we compare this to all the known copies. They all come centered a certain way. Yeah, because they're all they're like two sheets or three right. sheets. Right, there's yeah. a very very small number, and they all come centered a certain way, and they all the impression all looks a certain way. They have a particular shade, which. Uh, um, it's very obvious on like the 24 cent purples, both the hard and the soft paper, that those are stamps that didn't, um, they just, they were printed in a completely different shade, so it's, it's very obvious yeah. it was a special printing. Same with, uh, and then sometimes it's printed on something that, for instance, the 7 cent soft paper special printing, well, there was no 7 cent soft paper regular issue, so it's, if it's a 7 cent on soft paper, it's a special printing. Yep. Yeah, the, uh, for some reason, also, it's kind of weird. The ones that I get, and it probably has to do with the internet, but I 205C is the Garfield 5 cent brown special printing, 205C. For some reason, that one, uh, people send me pictures of the 5 cent Garfield stamps as a special printing. I'd say, Almost ninety percent of them are Garfield stamps. I mean, you you know, this person is sending the Zachary Taylor stamp. This is actually kind of rare, but there must be something on the internet where they show that stamp and they show that stamp's worth one hundred and five thousand dollars because I think it catalogs it at one hundred and five thousand dollars. So people, when they see this Garfield stamp, there's obviously some popular site, and they contact us all the time. Not as much as obviously number 596s because they printed 3 billion of those. So everybody has one of those to uh, bug us with. But the, uh, the 5 cent Garfield is exactly the same. It goes by the impression first. Second of all, if it's used, you've got a huge hill to overcome. And uh, one of my uh, a good friend of the show, Stanley Piller has a 10 cent on cover from Scott and he's wondering because it's a really really super nice impression he's wondering if it's one of the special printings and it's gone through all three and we all all three expertizing services said no it's not the APS PF and PSE but we all came up with it independently and he's still sitting there saying you know I think it is it's like not a problem. <laughs> if you can get the price, feel free. But realistically, you don't have a cert to go along with. So, Mark, mm -hmm. um, you 
do a lot with stamps, obviously. What do you find? Are there treasures to be found? This person says there are no treasures to be found because you can't get them certified. Do you find treasures? Uh, yes, I do. <laughs> uh, yes, in fact, um, I discussed in a previous podcast, but I bought a uh, back of the book lot that included the dollar value um, State Department's. Uh, it had the whole set in it. Um, it was at an auction, and the uh, and the lot went unsold because um, I, like everyone else who viewed the lot, thought that the um, uh, they were fakes, and and, and a lot of times they are. They're they're um, they're shaved proofs, that type of thing. Um, but I had I bought the lot because I was desperate and I needed to bring home something because it it was a, it was a tough auction. Um, so it, I, you, you had money burning a hole in your pocket, and right. you got to go someplace. So I so I bought bought it as an unsold. And took it home and started to uh, look at these uh, at at those uh, dollar value State Departments really closely, and I was thinking, darn, these these really look good, and uh, and as it turns out, uh, they were all genuine. But the twenty dollar value um, had a uh, had an erased um, uh, marking on it. It was a specimen that had been chemically altered to remove the 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 red word specimen. At some time in the past, to try and make pass it off as the as the gen, as a as an O seventy one, but it was an actually an O seventy one S, which today catalogs one hundred sixty thousand dollars. <laughs> so uh, so yeah, it, uh, it it obviously wasn't a a stamp that could be um, uh, that could be shown because uh, um, because it had been chemically altered, but still it was it was a very rare stamp only I think seven or eight known. Uh, yesterday. Literally yesterday, I found, uh, going through a lot of stuff, I found uh, number 518B, which is the $1 Franklin head of the Purple 11 set. It's brown. It's not violet brown. It's not violet black. It's brown. And if you, are, uh, if you ever go on my Facebook page, it's a post that I put up kind of regularly because there's three values and people kind of get them confused. But after all this time of searching, I actually found one. And I think it catalogs 850 bucks. It's used. It's got a straight edge. Well, it catalogs right now $1,100. For, $1, for a very fine copy in, in the current Scott Specialized. Yeah, well, it's not very fine because, again, it's got a straight edge. But um, And it's even with the straight edge, it's not well-centered. I'd say it's probably, you know, a 50 but it's still a treasure that I found literally yeah. yesterday. Yeah, yeah, they're they're out there. They 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 can be found if you know what you're looking for. Um, but these guys, obviously, they um, they wholeheartedly believe that they have these special printings, and they are uh, they are so convinced that um, that they say to these expertising companies, if you don't find, if you don't agree with me that they're special printings, the problem is you, not you know, not me who who believes they are. Yeah, and he sent us pictures, and he sent us a very – and by the way, he, when it did come through, it was too large. He commented, you know, is it too large? Yes, it was too large because it was a uh, basically a full 8.5 by 11 size sheet with black background and a picture, so it took up a lot of space. But, yeah, he basically is saying, look, compare – this stamp to the two stamps next to it. So he's got three stamps. And he's saying this one is better than the other two. 
And it's like, yeah, but your sample size is three stamps. And again, it's used, not in New York. Nobody knows of it. A person wrote to me and said, well, you know, not this person, another. Well, they could have been used. And they go, yeah, they could have. You can put, you can spend $105,000, put one on an envelope today and mail it to yourself. You could have a 2021 cancel, flag cancel, you know, get a, get, get one of the, uh, whatever the first day cancels is, you know, have it tied to cover by first day cancels. Sure. But you're not going to, and you're definitely not going to find one in a collection. It'll right. be something that somebody says, this is a a rare stamp. Uh, a dude mailed it to me on the Lark in 1880, <laughs> in 1890, and they will set it aside or something. It's not something that's just going to probably show up. However, there have been special printings found that are mint, and for some reason, no gum, because we get... a. It's very difficult to sell a stamp from the banknote era with no gum because so many of the cancels can be removed because they're pinning. So you can literally bleach the cancels off. So a lot of people, when it, the stamp has no gum, want to get it certified that it doesn't have a removed cancel because then you can sell it. So you spend 30 bucks for the uh, cert, the stamp catalog's 200 bucks, all of a sudden, instead of being a stamp that's incredibly difficult to sell, you're selling it for 50 to 100 bucks. You know, you're making good money by getting it certified. And I think two of them, now two of them over seven years, two of them came in and they were special printings. So they are found. Yeah. Uh, one of the thing about the picture is he points out um, the reason he has the three stamps is because he's pointing out uh, the five cent of the center stamp, and he's saying, look, the stamps to the left and right, they're also hard paper banknotes, but look how much more yellow the paper appears than the stamp in the center. Well, let me give you a, a hint about something. If you were to take a, a hard paper banknote and, uh, uh, and apply a process um, there's a, a company called Lindner that sells a mildew and stain remover um, solution that's in two parts, part A and part B. If you take uh, any uh, banknote like this and, and put it through that process, uh, what you will end up is that the paper will be nice, bright, and white at the end of it. It will look just like that center stamp. Uh, so you think the stamp was uh, cleaned more than a special paper type? I'm not sure if this one was, but... Well, there's to, no way to tell to create, from a picture. Yeah. To create that, to simulate that, I, I can very easily do that. And quite frankly, from my standpoint, they used so many different paper suppliers back then that the slight difference in yellowing, it doesn't mean anything to me, plus the fact that it is a blue stamp and it does have a wash to it and blue does tend to for photographic purposes, change the color slightly of things. But yeah, the blue stamp versus the other blue stamp, the one sent next to it, they're close enough. But yeah, it is a little wider. Yeah. But again, it's used, and it doesn't have a clear impression. So you're saying just because it has whiter paper, 
which, you know, you can make the paper whiter by various things, not the least of which is just bleaching it. Mm -hmm. So uh, I know you're going to go on, you're going to go publicly on multiple platforms, as you say. Uh, please consider this one of the platforms. Um, we here at PSE and I can and will speak for the APS and PF because this is an outrageous comment. We do not not certify things just so that things stay rare. We are businesses. We are going to call things the way it is. And it serves us no economic interest in turning down the fact that we would be charging you $500, $600 for this cert, and instead we're charging you $30 for this cert. There's just no economic reason because, again, we don't own the stamp. And we don't hold stamps that, you know, we're going to try to sell or anything. All these stamps are out there in the public. So we have no claim to, you know, be helping some rich person who has two of these to maintain the value. And, of course, the third thing is I don't think that one more stamp going in would change the value anyway. So uh, to address you, you do not have a special printing as based in the picture. You have a big problem because your stamp is used. And again, they're very, very hard to find used, if not impossible. And uh, the paper isn't the determinant. So uh, happy treasure hunting. Go back to treasure hunting. There are treasures to be found. And uh, that's it, unless somebody else has anything to add. your help nothing on the internet is free including our phone and internet connections so you can support the podcast by joining the stamp show here today club the cost is ten dollars for a lifetime membership please include your APS member number as we are an APS affiliated club your support is greatly appreciated our brand new spanking address is 5965 Harrison Drive Suite 6 in Las Vegas Nevada 89120 you left out the word glorious. Fabulous. <laughs> because you don't put that on the letter. Oh. Well, you could. You could, yeah. You could, yeah. Well, kids, that's all the time we have for today. I'd like to thank Sideshow Mel, Corporal Punishment, Tina Ballerina, oh, and from Not Landing, Miss Donna Mills. Oh, she was a sport. We've had lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of fun, but now the time has come to go. If this silkcom was found dead in his bed tomorrow, I'd be in heaven still doing this show. See you some other time! <laughs> you have been listening to Stamp Show here today, seeking to advance all levels of the stamp collecting hobby through news, information, and collecting advice. Visit us at stampshowheretoday.com to listen to the show, view images of the items we are talking about, and read the show notes. You can also continue the conversation on Facebook at Stamp Show Here Today and on Twitter at Stamp Show HT. If you have questions or comments about the show or have any topics you would like us to discuss, 
you can email us at stampshowheretoday at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and as always, keep collecting. Stamp collecting happens when we dream together.